Hey everyone, welcome to the Middle East Podcast Forum Podcast. I'm Omar Saban, co-founder of Mustadfir, one of the longest-running podcast production companies in Saudi based out of Jeddah. And I'm Hiba Fisher, co-founder and CEO of the Kerning Cultures Network, which is the first venture-backed podcast company in the Middle East. And Mustadfir, Kerning Cultures, and Art Jamil were the co-hosts of this year's forum, which was held at Jamil Art Center in Dubai on October 4th, 2019. This episode is the recording of the 2019 Forum's second panel called How to Grow Your Listening Audience. Thank you to Lucas Grobot of Anchored Strategy, who was our event media sponsor, and Saoud al who helped monitor the recording during the forum. Let's get into it. So as podcasters, all of us wonder how can we grow our audience? It's a big issue that we all have. And so we had a panel to discuss this. Um, and uh, mediating this panel is our good friend from Basel Meets, Basil Anabatawi. This is exciting. All right. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing, man? All right. Guys, we're going to talk about an awesome topic today. We're going to talk about how to grow a podcasting audience. I think it's one of the most important things to talk about because starting a podcast is the easy thing to do. Growing the audience, that's what's tough. My name is Basil Anabtawi. I have a podcast called Basil Meets. It's about the meeting the world's most interesting people and hearing the world's most interesting stories. And on my panel today, I have Miss Ranan Awas. Yeah! <laughs> when Women Win podcast. Uh, a badass woman, and uh, yes, please, wherever you want to sit. Oh, actually, you got to sit here. Okay. Yes. All right, and next I have a celebrity. His name is Mr. Big Haas, the king of hip-hop. Yeah. And another fellow podcaster, his name is Hussein Al-Hajj, his new podcast. Let's take this online. Here we go, everybody. Okay, so I felt this was a UFC match. <laughs> okay, so now that I've introduced everybody, I'd like to start talking about the topic why we're all here. Um, now, there's about 750,000 podcasts out there. So it's kind of hard to grow an audience because there's so many shows out there. So I guess I, would, I wanted to start this conversation with you guys um, and sort of like maybe like, you know, one by one, talk about how, what was your experience about growing an audience and what type of, what type of things have you done for yourself to sort of start building an audience and start with you, Rana, and then we can work our way to the rest of the panel. Great. Hi, everyone. This is so exciting. Um, so I haven't yet uh, started paying for social media promotion or anything like that. So for me, it, it, it's been now two years and I've been doing that through my own social media. Um, I think what, what I saw a spike really was after the Apple feature. That was amazing. So that's, uh, you know, if I sit back, sit and analyze what's worked for me, nothing's worked quite as well as that. Um, I, I can't say that I've tried all these things and experimented. I don't have that luxury of time, I think. All of us, many of us here probably have full-time jobs. So I, for me, it's been so far, my own social media, what's been super effective is the Apple feature. Actually, and really the Apple feature, I have been featured elsewhere, right? I've been featured in Vogue and CNN and all of that. Um, but nothing's worked quite as well as that. So. 
Assalamu alaikum, man. How are you? You good? Okay, blessings to you guys. Okay. Um, well, for me, I, I just feel privileged to be here because my, uh, my, my podcast or show is called Buckle Up and it's a video format. Started off as a video format. I'm very passionate about supporting the scene and I think we need to have our voices told and our stories told by us. Uh, so, personally, for me, I'm a big fan of conversation and I just didn't want to uh, obviously sit down, take care of the lighting, take care of permits. So I said, you know, I'm gonna buckle up, get in the car and just, you know, go for a cruise. And it's uncensored, uncut, really like just raw. Um, and I think uh, people maybe resonated with that. We'll talk more about it in the panel because it's video. Uh, and I took that video and then put the audio, which surprisingly uh, really worked. And we'll talk why, uh, but I think there is something about two people in the car just cruising in um, and just listening to our conversation. I think that format, which already been you know proven to work, um, it's not rocket science. It's just I think my passion is my talent, and I'm very very passionate about supporting you know the scene and the the voices that we have, uh, which I call our heroes. So yeah, that's how it started for me. All right, um, I'm gonna give a bit of a different perspective because I come from an agency, media agency perspective. So I kind of approach my podcast in that kind of way. You gotta look at it through organic and paid media channels. That's how I look at it, right? Organic is obviously anything you put online that doesn't have to any kind of money behind it. Now I started off my podcast, I have 100 or 200 followers on Instagram. So that's not really gonna help me. What was surprising the most was LinkedIn. And I don't think a lot of us use it properly. LinkedIn is no longer a resume site. It is purely a content hub. And the algorithm on LinkedIn is the best algorithm right now on any social media, right? After Instagram and Facebook and Twitter all changed their algorithms, engagement rates have dropped, right? So when you go to LinkedIn, if I have a thousand followers, one of my followers likes my post, all his followers sees it. It's six degrees of separation. So on average, my podcast post gets from two to 3,000 views. So all my, all my listens come from LinkedIn. Now, I did promise Hibba I'm not going to do fluff, and we have to put some statistics. So Hibba, this is for you. Bring out um, those stats. Now, because I come from an agency background, I do like to experiment with a bit of paid media. One uh, that was really surprising is the cost of reach on Instagram, which is actually really interesting, right? I, with 120 dirhams, I hit 15,000 people. That is a cost of reach of 0.008 dirhams per person. That is quite cost effective, right? One thing that I've also found was interesting, sorry, I'm taking a bit of time here. Um, one thing I found interesting is two channels that I did not expect at all. One was Pinterest. I organically post on Pinterest and I get 50 to 100 impressions. Every impression is every time my, ad is, my, my post is seen. For me, every impression is a potential listen. That's another organic listen I get. Quora, I don't know if anyone knows what Quora is. It's an awesome site where people ask questions you answer. I've been, po I've, I've been pushing ads. I've hit 2% CTR, which is uh, click-through rate, which is all the clicks over impressions, which actually beats all your display ads out there. So these are some channels I did not expect at all. Another one is TikTok. Just, I started experimenting on TikTok just for the fun of it. Uh, you know what? I'm getting 30 to 40 views a post. That's 30 to 40 impressions. That's 30 to 40 people listen extra. So you take all those together, uh, I'm hitting a lot of people. That's how That's I great. kind of approach it. That's awesome. I guess my next question was about experimentation, but you've uh, you already go. covered that. Sorry I about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take it to you guys. So <clears throat> in terms of experimenting, I think as podcasters, we need to be a little bit creative, as Hassam has demonstrated just now, um, of how we want to put our content out there. One of the things that I try to do if I find a, if I have a guest that is kind of well known, um, I try to write a press release around that uh, guest and sort of like find a tidbit 
of what he said. So, for example, when I had Slash name drop uh, on the on the show, he mentioned something about writing a song that he wanted to pitch for The Walking Dead, and that was rejected from The Walking Dead. So I thought, goddamn, that's a great story. So I wrote it in the press release. I sent it out, and it all all it took is one publication to pick it up, and it skyrocketed. It was covered in I counted over seventy publications that covered it. So and that translated to the podcast and so on and so forth. Shout out to Anrami, by the way, for getting me that interview. All right. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to take it over to you guys. What about experimentation? What experimental or creative things have you done that you felt um, gotten more? Um, listeners to your show. I experiment with format and what I, I have a lot of experimentation planned for season three, actually. So for example, the video, uh, my podcast is pure audio. So I only ever do a one minute video to promote the podcast. Uh, so I'd like to do more of the parallel video content and put that up on YouTube. So that's an experiment, experiment in waiting. Uh, also with the format, sort of moving it around, for example, I used to dive right in. Hello, this is, you know, I used to do the intro with the guest. So When Women Win is an interview format. It's just myself and an a awesome boss lady. And what I changed maybe a, a two, halfway through season two was I started doing a little bit of my own talking. So, like, why was I interested in, in talking about this issue? Or why, why did I want to bring this guest on the show? So give the listeners some context. And that went really, really well. So uh, the feedback was, you know, we like the context. We want to know what you're thinking before you bring the, the guest on the show. Uh, so that's worked. I mean, for me, frankly, I, I don't know if I'm the right person on this panel. <laughs> I know, because I, I got all that media stuff you're talking about, like, you know, when AFP did a, did a story on when women win, it got picked up in all this media. But I haven't seen that translate into extra downloads myself. I think the social media has worked better than, you know, uh, mainstream media, in my experience. I think one thing, uh, I already elaborately talked about everything I do. I think I look at it this way is, you know, in the end, Every single listen comes from an actual person. That person might be on whatever channel. I try to be on every single channel. So whatever, whoever's going to be on whatever channel, I want to be there so they can pick me up. Once they do, that's a lifelong listener. So that's why I, I go volume in terms of all the channels I want to be on. That's, that's how I look at it. Um, yeah, um, I think, look, I'll be a bit um, uh, selfish here. For, for me personally, the reason why I started Buckle Up is I wanted to diversify my audience. And like Abdurrahman was saying, um, you know, like we need more obviously Arabic content. My uh, radio, which is uh, my radio show, Les Hip Hop, which is Saudi's first FM hip hop radio show, I, I do that a lot in Arabic. And it's, I've been doing this since 2011. So my, my Instagram is people filled with, with Arabic content you know, period. I wanted to diversify that. I wanted to shift. I wanted to English more like it, you know, and this is why I started, you know, obviously buckle up and it's mainly in English to prove that point. So, so far, um, I have around, um, accumulated of around 180,000 views on, 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 on YouTube. I'm talking about in terms of the whole, but, but wait till you hear this. Out of this 180,000 views, there's one episode that's around 90,000 and it's the only Arabic um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of show there, which shows you that okay, my, and it was done with a person that hasn't done interviews. So again, in terms of experimentation, I like to get people who haven't done interviews for a while and get them in because this is where the 
So this guy is called Anas Skandar. He's an amazing, incredible, you know, um, you know, content maker. One of my favorite. Really travels around the world, and so he hasn't done in a while. And when I got him, really, it was skyrocketed. Like the the whole interview, people were like looking forward to that. And that's what I said earlier. I think at the end of the day, the power will be in the people. I mean, respect to brands, respect to everybody. It's your in your hand. So if you want a podcast to make it, you support it. It will reach. يعني غصبا عن البراندز، okay? It will reach. So uh, this is, uh, I mean, very important by him. I think it's uh, it's very interesting because you've mentioned a few uh, things here that um, I can bring in together. So in terms of video, <clears throat> I think uh, you and I focus a lot on video. Um, you started as well, started doing a lot of video as well, snippets. How much do you see um, video translating to actual listenership? Because we're a video first region, right? So that's, I mean, that we've been... YouTube is big here, Instagram videos, IGTV, and all that stuff. There's a lot of focus and a lot of investment in video. So do you see any translation from video to um, audio? And how important is it for a podcaster to have an audio? And guys, please weigh in. I mean, you also have your thing as well. So, so I, was think, uh, I was thinking about this, and it's... Uh, the stats somehow, are coming out. Video, no, I mean, video, it feels like, to me, it's just a different dimension. It's like as if you're watching a 2D and 3D you know, film. So 2D, you'd watch a film, but 3D is a different experience. Like I said, there's different emotions. Like Hamza Hosawi, the winner of X Factor, he was singing, and I cried when he was singing. That's something you can't maybe see in a podcast or feel. You know, so it's the body language. It's that, you know, laughters that you have. That will never be on audio, okay, in a way. It will be on audio in a different experience. So what I like to personally do is make you guys the owner of your choice. I mean, you choose. You want an audio? Great. You want video? Great. They're both there. So it's up to you. I had people watching the video and then reaching a certain minute and then continuing that on their car on the way to their route, whatever it is. I think that is really powerful, you know? So, that, yeah. Donna, any... No, I, I don't have data on that, like to analyze whether if I had a snippet for this uh, impact, I don't have the data. But I, I, think it's a, I think it can only be a good thing, frankly. I, I don't see it detracting in any way. Um, in terms of uh, spend on social media, I think this one is something you've touched on as well. Um, you know, we all have to put our words out there and it's almost like we're building our, our podcasts are kind of our own little company, right? And we need to just market it and put it out there and so on. Have you guys experimented in social media spend? And um, do you have any good examples of what constitutes a good strategy when you want to spend online? So social media is, is interesting. The way this is how I kind of look at it. I always look at things as, as in algorithms, as in, as in cost effectiveness, right? Google ads and search are way too, cost, are way too costly. Your cost per reach, your click, re your click cost is too much. So I'm very bullish on social media. Social media for me, I just kind of experimented. The only problem I don't have is, which has has, is, is video. When I, when, I put, when I push social media ads, I push an audiogram, right? An audiogram is great, but it's not video. So I think taking video to next level will really help your social media. Even if you don't want your platform to be a video platform, still recording video purely for content distribution because you can do so much. You can take an hour-long podcast, break it up. That's 30 clips. You can push that. You can do everything with that. So that's something I think I'll move into next. But I, still, I think my podcast itself will still be audio, but I do want to move it to video distribution. But definitely just the cost per reach on social. You, you're just not going to beat it. When I'm telling you, I'm hitting 0 .008 dirhams uh, per, per person. That's just cost-effective. No other way around it. <clears throat> what about you guys? Any 
You know, that's uh, very interesting what uh, Sam's saying, but I think, um, I don't know, I'll sound a bit controversial here, but sorry for that. I, I think it's just a matter of, uh, I, I never really spent anything. And again, it's, it's a matter, matter of how you really built your, your audience. For example, my audience, if I'm talking about Arabic rap, this will reach. You know, our video that we did, for example, it was in English, was talking about women empowerment. It didn't reach the, the one that I wanted to do because it was on my platform. It was posted on another platform for uh, pushing women empowerment. It got even more. So again, it's like Rami said, I really believe that you really need to know where to put it in order for it to push. And for example, when I put a content about rap al-Arabi, Arabic rap, in my Instagram, this, this post gets minimum 17, 20,000 just because it's Arabic rap. Even stories, so usually stories, it's like four or 5,000 views, let's say. Arabic rap skyrockets to 8,000. So again, what are you actually doing to benefit? And again, uh, there's a lot of podcasts, like in the States, there's the It's The Real, one of my favorite podcasts. And you know, there's two guys that do comedy using hip hop and they interview everybody. So again, in, in what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be as informal as possible. It's like, yo, what's up, let's go. You don't, you, know I mean? you don't like it, don't tune in. It's my content, it's what I wanna do. And if people resonate with that, great. If not, great. <laughs> you know, and, and you move forward. And I think you really need to have your voice. Don't change your podcast to do something you know, famous out there or trendy. Be you, and if people don't like it, buzz. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I wanna jump in on that because I think that is so important. Um, I, authenticity is key. Like it's just so important, and that's part of the reason. Maybe I'm not that active yet. On uh, not active at all yet on uh, social media, paid social media. I'm not a. I don't have an agency background. I'm a business person, super nerd, right? 17 years corporate, two years entrepreneur. So my thing is understanding the business world, understanding what women who work, whether in corporate or entrepreneurs, what they need, what the gap is, and try to fill that gap and solve that problem. So for me, frankly, I'm, I need to bring on expertise in that field. But I, I just thought, you know, the, the video clips, because I always do a one minute video, but about half of my podcasts are done remotely. So I can only do a headliner. But the, and obviously the, the little, so the headliner is when you post on Instagram and it's just a squiggly line with a voice. And of course that's not as interesting as a video of myself and someone talking. Uh, it's not as engaging, but I do put them all on all of the social media platforms. And I do think it helps. It definitely spreads awareness. And, you know, I, even if you're listening to one minute, a one minute clip on LinkedIn or on Twitter, you're getting value. You know, I'm adding value to someone's life because typically what you would put in that one minute clip is, is something, you know, noteworthy. Right. So I, I think it is a good thing. Um, Rena and Hassan, uh, you guys have had quite big names on your shows. Um, and I'm wondering if you've experienced this. When you have a big name that has a big social following or so on, do you uh, benefit from that audience? And do you see your audience grow because of that um, association with that sort of person? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I mean, well, first, you know, it's rare that I would have someone really, really big just because the profiles I get are typically uh, women in business. They don't have massive social media followings. But I have had a couple. And of course, you're, you, 
you're counting on the guest to actually share, so that doesn't always happen. It, it's happened, I would say, at my 60, I would say it happened 58 times, but twice I was like, what? Who are they? Yeah, right? Yeah, one a lot of you will know. Anyway. Drop a name. Uh, no. Um, so that was disappointing. It's like, you know, you work on content together, you know, you, you, you expect people to be proud of it. But anyway, um, it helps a lot. I definitely saw a massive, massive impact. Actually, I think it helped me break into Saudi Arabia, which is now the biggest market for when women win. So, yeah, Saudis don't just don't just watch Arabic video. They also listen to English content podcasts. I found. Wow, wow, that's 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 amazing. Um, look again. I'll be very honest with you, uh, Bass. For me, it has been. Um, when I when I get these these people that you're talking about the celebrities, I tend to really you know just push the boundaries a little bit. It's not like you know the Googleable questions. You know where are you from? What do you do? I start with that, but then you really go you know deeper. For example, I had Shakir Khazal, who's an amazing writer, and my, my intro with him was he's a Palestinian refugee. And I was saying how how dark it, it is that, right? Like it's very dark to be, and then you're very positive. He actually said, I disagree with you. Actually, it made me the person who I am today. And I thought that clip was really powerful because we all have a stereotype about, uh, you know, refugees. And, you know, there's, he was saying there's 50 million refugees around the world. Man, oh man, come on. And I think what he said just shattered that kind of stereotype about, you know, refugees, for example, why, you know, he used that and he's like, yeah, all it takes, he said, all it takes is a beam of light in a dark room and then boom. And you guys are the beam of light, by the way, for this podcast thing, you guys are light. So give yourself a big round of applause right now. Well, guys, thank you uh, very much. We're running out of time because we want to open it up for questions, but um, yeah, we got a guy right there who just put up his hand when I said questions. Me. There we go. Yeah, go for it. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ali. I'm from Uti Safa Podcast. That's uh, W-C-H-E-L-S-A-L-F-A. -A. Anyway, Anybody writing this down? Yeah. So my question for the panel is, it's not that we're trying to... Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, so it's not that we're trying to sell out or not be authentic or anything. But, okay, my question is, we are four guys in this podcast. We have similar interests, and we got like different stuff that we like and we want to talk about. So my question is, do you think it's better for a podcast of four guys to focus on one thing like you did with Howell and just be the go-to guys for hip-hop, for instance? Or do you think we should just maybe talk about different things and see where it goes? But the thing is, with different topics, we can tiptoe around many stuff and maybe we may not like be the experts at it but on the other hand we can focus on one particular area and be like the ones dominating that area in podcasting well wow, i thank you for that question first of all um like that's a very good question i'll tell you why like for example me and uh, my brother rami who i know from school He's a, he's a hip hop head, right? So we started this thing called Howell, and it's uh, I really thank him for it because it allowed me to speak in Arabic um, about the hip hop story generally. What I would say is, man, listen, what's your passion about? I keep saying that, and I keep saying that. Wallahi, it's like a broken record, I know. But it's, 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 it, you make other people passionate because of your passion. Believe me, when I started Lish Hip Hop in Saudi Arabia, I was called a kafir. A kafir means an infidel. Really, that's the first message I got. So 
first message i'm like assalamu alaikum everybody hello welcome to leship hop boom into kafir lesh because it's uh, it's it's uh, it's la hadi hadara amerikiya ma yamshi la yamshi you know you take you take that american culture and you adapt it to you and that's what uh, also the guys were saying that you, it's our voice man khalas with the narrative of outside you, the, the stories yeah the stories being told it it is time now it's been time for the past 10 years khalas we no no longer drive camels and stuff you know we it's it really i'm serious about this so so when i'm saying everything i said right now make it your own way if people feel your passion they feel it if you're talking about a chair they would love that chair you know whatever it is but just be authentic about it and be like rana and hussam said just be real about it because that's what it matters in my case it was hip hop yes because i'm really passionate about hip hop i think hip hop changed my life you know and hip hop is not just booty shaking and hands gesture it's a, it's a, it's a rhythm and poetry and it, yeah you know yeah anyway i can go on and on uh right here in the front right. so um i'm just, just going to be up okay thank you Right so my question is to pretty much the entire community what is the podcast community in the middle east doing to sort of control the uh, sort of have an editorial oversight or quality of the podcasts that are coming out there are a lot of people who want to do a lot of good stuff they have authentic voices but they don't have the skill set required to put out a successful podcast be it marketing or be it uh, just coming up with good words for example good vocabulary all that kind of stuff so what can somebody do who wants to put out a good podcast but does not have that skill set that's a really good question honestly there's one thing really unique about this 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 little community is that everyone's super helpful i've never met so many helpful people like i i reached out to big hass we've never met before i told him want you come on the podcast he's like for sure i have people reach out that i'm going to go on their podcast just reach out and ask man honestly look i had to learn podcasting i have no idea what a mixer is or all these things i learned it dynamic mics condensed i had to learn it so come ask honestly like i think if you reach out to anyone here any podcast great they'll help you there's one thing that's interesting other industries might look at a new podcast as a threat in our in our community it's kind of like If you're into my podcast, it's not going to stop you from being into Hassan's podcast, the Rana's podcast. So by helping everyone else, we all grow together. So just reach out. I'm like I had to learn from scratch. So why don't you just come out and reach out and I'll tell you exactly what I went through. I mean, it's very young in the region. We're all learning. I think we are all learning every day. And for me, like I don't know how to, you know, mix audio and things. So I hire people. I use Fiverr, you know? I that's what I do. you know um, i don't know that stuff so i think we're all learning and there's people out there who can help you can i add a 7 seconds thing as from uh, i think what what you said is important it's really precise 7 seconds but with all the respect with all the respect i say that you don't need nobody's validation man again i say it sorry you don't need it do it do whatever you want seriously i keep saying it seriously We talk about a podcast that it talks about the parts of a computer. Talk about that. If that's what you're passionate about, then do it. If people out there and brands don't like it, then again, you're not doing that for that. You're doing it for you. And when people see your passion, they'll get it. It doesn't matter if you're good or not. Um, just one thing about uh, quality of podcast. I think this is a very organic scene that's growing. So you get companies like Kerning Cultures, like Mustedfer, like uh, a bunch of shows like Finial, who are now organically coming together to create. quality podcasts. So I think it's just first we start off as individuals and then we start coming together and start creating networks and start using better equipment and I think it just takes time but I think it's 
I would compare it to YouTube 10 years ago when it was a very uh, dispersed Wild West. I think podcast is the same today. Um, but then YouTube became this amazing sort of, if you make it on YouTube, like Haas here, you become a celebrity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> can, can, can I jump in as well? Uh, can, can I, oh, actually, sure. I want to add. What's cool about podcasting, there's no barrier to entry. My first seven episodes, I was my Apple earphones, I recorded on Anchor, which is an app that aggregates and sends it out to 10 plus sites. Just do that, man. That was my first seven episodes. Nothing right. to stop you. One, anybody in the back there who has a question? Shout. Look, what you said really goes up my alley. We got like, ah, oh, man, we got 90 seconds. Okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, blah. Um, quick, quick, rapid, quick. rapid. I think, uh, look, uh, everything you said is, is true, but I mean, podcasts are there. Like if you see Mustetsfair, they have a network of podcasts. One of them is like a science and stuff like that. But I, I would say, again, it's power in your hands, you guys. Power is in your hands. If you want to make a podcast famous, then you can make it famous, okay? The problem is we make stupid people famous. And then we, we, we say, why are they famous? Where well, you guys made them famous. So it's, 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 it's that narrative, you know? Again, I don't like the word influencer. I like the word key opinion leader. We're all influencers. This guy has, he said he has 200 followers. He already influenced my life. So like, what, what does that mean? So just, let me do you, just do uh, it. 40 seconds, B. Yeah, I, yep. just B, one I more question, because uh, you would like to ask something up front. My name is Hayat, and we just four weeks, two weeks ago, actually, launched a new podcast called Good Question. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, so we're from the Youth Science Council, and it's a podcast about science. And um, one of the biggest questions we had as we were starting off was, what language should we have it in? Because we're sort of working with the government, so it sort of makes sense to have it in Arabic. Um, our, a huge part of our audience are Arabic speaking, but then in some ways it can be restricting to only have it in Arabic because then we can't talk to the scientists who are not Arabic speaking, right? Um, and we can't reach, um, we, we can't reach the audience who's abroad and uh, get them to learn a bit more about the science uh, happening here in the UAE. Um, and so I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts on that? Because you brought this up. Uh, you said you started a podcast in English. Um, sorry, the other way around, right? Um, so English, then Arabic. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? So I'm just going to jump in here for the, the business consultant to the government on arts. You know, if the, I think it would be great if the government actually started supporting such podcasts. Because... You know, it, it's, it's a big ask for people, a lot of people here who invest a lot of their time and heart in creating content. And if I'm going to create it for a, a, a niche community, you know, you, you want me to take 10 hours out a podcast to create it for 20 listeners, 40 listeners, 400 listeners? No, I mean, there needs to be some support as well, in my view. Not that it needs to be commercial, but, you know, girl got to eat, right? So um, I think there needs to be a focus on that. For me, to answer your question, Hayat, uh, I created When Women Win in English for the, those two purposes. So one was to break the stereotype of what Arabic women 
in the Middle East business women were doing. So I want to push that out. I want to show the world what the business leaders here, the female business leaders are accomplishing. And I couldn't do that in Arabic. Similarly, I want to bring expertise from abroad to the region. Right? I want to hear from the, the CMO of IBM and the CMO of Twitter and, and Cheryl Strait and these people who've been on my podcast. I want to bring their learnings into our region. So for me, I went through that debate and that's where I landed. Yeah, um, we'll definitely talk, but I'll allow, can we allow one more question? If we can, Mr. Mistetfer and Kerning Cultures. Quick. Quick. Okay. So, um, if we misunderstood the first panel, it wasn't about going mainstream or dying. On the contrary, there are a lot of niche and specific uh, topics that are very important in the world. We're just saying there's a lot of categories and a lot of them are not active. But my question is, and I hear a lot of people, whether it's you guys or... How many of you do content analytics? How many of you A-B test and check out what your listeners are listening to and check what they're like? I mean, th th that's a very important. What are the learnings on content analytics? This would be the headline for me from this panel, right? Where, are you, where, where, where is your audience and what's working? And, uh, content analytics. How many of you are doing content analytics? By raise of hand. Cool. Well, thank you so much, everybody. This was an awesome panel. Thank you. Um, and I'll hand it over back to the awesome people of the organizers. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Guy, give him a big round of applause. Bastin, man, a moderator. <laughs> <laughs>